Here we are again. Dan Rouse, Gavin Day, another episode. Newspapers on seats. We've got some more travel stories for you to share. But first, uh, Dan, first, how are you? Second, what are you drinking this evening? I'm very well, thank you. It's been a bit of a mental day, I have to say. I've been doing a bit of running around here, there and everywhere. So this beer is uh, richly deserved. And um, I'm going a little bit... um, basic i say compared to my usual uh, usual beers I'm, going, I'm drinking a miller light huh a little basic that's like the opposite of what you usually drink which is something with flavor but i'm not gonna judge well i just had a um i just had an ice lolly um so i think what is it a cyclone or a twist or whatever you call it those are I good yeah those and i feel yeah, they're they're a great time, but I feel like following like a you know following that with a hazy hoppy thing would be a bit too much. So I've gone for the the basic of basic beers, and it's uh, and it's light, so it's you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's good for me. And it's good for the figure too, because we're still yeah, worried it, yeah. about our summer bodies, right, Dan? <laughs> of course, of course. You know, I'll be going. I'll be going to a uh, you know get an Airbnb cottage soon. I want to be getting out my uh, hot bod and uh, not scaring off all the fish in the lake and all that kind of stuff. Uh, wouldn't your English tan do that? <laughs> bright pink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what What are you drinking, Gav? I am going back to my old favorite. I'm going back to Leftfield Brewery, the East Side Standard, and we're approaching the fall. And so when it comes out, Leftfield comes out with. It's called Sweet Spot, and it is a, first let me explain, a mocha marshmallow stout. And it might might sound out there, but like everything Leftfield does, it's so subtle. Uh, It's just just so well done. And uh, it's always one of their their big sellers in the fall. So, cheers. No, I've never had that one. So I'm I'm definitely going to be looking out for that one soon. Oh, yeah. yeah, you look like you're enjoying that. I always do. It's been a few years. It's they've had it out for a few years now and it's uh it's one thing I look forward to very much. So, today our theme, we have a theme. Yeah, it's loose. It's a loose theme. <laughs> but when have we ever had anything really uh solid on the theme front? Yeah, just Bulgaria. That, that that was just like you know, that's a whole country, and we just yeah. But there we go. Yeah, but like yeah, we we got a nice animal theme on this one, haven't we? We do. It's uh, bulls and horses, so that fits. I think we can make this one work. Yeah, well, go on then. So get us uh, get us kicked off then, Gav. Uh, tell me all. Tell me all about Frisco. Frisco, Texas. Um, that's it. Let's move on. No, uh, Frisco, home of <laughs> FC Dallas. Uh, it's also hosted a number of internationals, women's and men's. Uh, it's uh, it's. Let's just face it. It's part of endless suburbs outside of Dallas itself. Um, a collection of highways, roads, uh, new new builds, um, and it's. Uh, yeah, so my first experience was when I was working for Canada Soccer when the Canadian women had a game there, a friendly. I think it was Sydney LaRue uh, scoring for... No, was it, was it LaRue or was it Sauerbrunn? Anyway, the U.S. won, as they always tend to these days, against the Canadian women and everybody else in the world. The second was the Gold Cup in 20... 20- 15? No. 2017. 2017. Where Canada had just played in Houston. Uh, and then I took a mega bus for about $8. 
freelance life uh, from Houston to Dallas. Then took their, they do have actually a, a light rail system, took it out to the airport, picked up my rental car, and then drove for what felt like two hours through endless suburbia to get to Frisco. So, uh, hang on, so where, where was the megabus journey to and from, and how long did that take? <laughs> Houston to Dallas, and it was a good couple hours. It was fine, it had Wi-Fi, so that's all you need. And we stopped somewhere halfway in the middle of nowhere at a, at a gas station to, you know, load up on whatever snacks, drinks you may need, and um, I have no complaints about that, considering the alternatives probably would have been a couple hundred dollar flight, or I think I checked the train, I'm not sure if anything was going, but... You know, as a freelancer, eight bucks, you know, I do what I had to and I live to tell the tale. And so, you know, I'm, I'm probably a good person to question you really because I'm massively ignorant about this part of the world. Um, the furthest south I've been in the States is Kentucky. Um, and, you know, I kind of wonder, you know, in, in the southern states, I mean, the you kind of get... To me, the the food that kind of you know epitomizes these areas are either like good quality barbecue food, or those Mexican influences coming from uh, from from the south. I mean, does does Frisco or should I say Dallas? I don't know. Um, do they it, do they have both of these things, or is it more the Mexican influences from what you experience? Um, yeah, like everywhere, there is a bit of everything. There is a uh, first in Dallas. I remember. You know, old you know sandwich shops are sort of old hat these days. I mean, you go to Subway one place, you go to it everywhere. But there is a, a chain that the name eludes me. But I went for a good sandwich in uh, in Dallas, and I remember it was really made to order, good ingredients. Um, and yeah, that that's what I remember most. But yeah, I mean, everywhere you go, there's your there's your Tex-Mex, um, there's your barbecue. But again, it's just so spread out where. Um, I, in my hotel the second time when I was on my own and not with Canada Soccer, um, I went to a, you know, fairly decent craft beer bar. They had a great, you know, selection. Um, and then I also, yeah, and so another night was, <laughs> we'll get into this, I hope, was $1 hot dog night at the Frisco Rough Riders baseball, t- baseball t- game when I, uh, when I went with James Sharman and we had a great time. That's just so marvelous. I mean, when you say you know your your journey from Dallas to Frisco was a you know a bit of a nightmare, are you are you kind of also saying you know is this you know I remember we went to Columbus and they have a decent tailgating scene there, but there's not much going on around the ground. We talked about Chicago before their old stadium. Is there like not much to do around this ground? Not tons. I mean, the, to their credit, they have a huge. Uh, you know, their practice facility. So I don't know if it's the team practice facility or if it's just a series of fields around the stadium, but uh, they have all kinds of fields around the ground. And it's, uh, you know, they've really built up the soccer community in that area. And, and there is, there are some growing sort of developments where there are some, some restaurants and some, some stuff that's been built up around there, but it's still very new, or it was when I went. Uh, it still felt very sort of fresh and, and it hasn't, sort of had that lived in kind of feel yet so i think it's developing and i'd love to see it you know continue hopefully you know it can go back at some point uh you know whether it's in a gold cup or or at another time to see how it develops but it still felt like it was the first kind of tentative steps that something was being built up around it and um yeah i mean it didn't help that when I was there, my, my rental car, it was in the middle of summer and it was just an ungodly heat. 
uh, for that gold cup. So um, it was it was those the first little kind of taste that that kind of makes me want to go back and and see more of it. Well, that heat is obviously part of the reason why they FC Dallas used to be called the Dallas Burn, hey. which is uh, among those great uh, you know MLS names that have died out with like. Uh, Metro Stars and Kansas City Wizards and all those. I love <laughs> and, that. And the Wiz. Um, the, the Wiz, too. Let's not forget that for Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, the, the Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, obviously, you know, I, I look at Google Maps and, you know, around Frisco, it looks like there's some nice lakes, some nice green area. I mean, as, aside from the buildings and stuff, does it look like it's a nice scenic area around it, here? Yeah, the problem is it's the, the sort of endless sprawl that, that pops up. And... Um, you know, it's sort of encroaching on a lot of that wilderness. And so, you know, if the, the, the development keeps continuing and everyone wants their, you know, their large property that has their lawn and their picket fence, then it's going to disappear quite quickly, which is which is sort of my worry. And, uh, I mean, there was on match day, you know, I did sort of check it out because, of course, the, the Canada, I think they played Honduras, and it was the year where they... Uh, you know, they advanced. We went to Glendale, Arizona after um, the game in Frisco. And on the day, since the game was late afternoon, I did get to get up early enough. And I found uh, there was sort of a, I wouldn't say it was a, it was a wildlife refuge, um, but it was, you know, it was my chance to get out and, and hike because, of course, sitting in a rental car at a, at a stadium, at a restaurant, I'm not, I wasn't getting you know, anywhere near the exercise I wanted. So, um, you know, uh, this was my chance to get out as I like to do to, um, to explore a little bit. And this was, I can't remember the acronym. It was L L E L a Louisville Lake and just a nice little area where there were some good trails, some, some rivers, some streams. And at one point, uh, it was the coolest thing where I'm walking and I'm like, what the hell is that thing? And I'm getting so close to it. And it was an armadillo. And it sort of waddled away from me and found sort of this. It had its little hole near a, a tree that had fallen down. And he just sort of sat out and looked at me for a few minutes. I'm pretty close. But, you know, I sort of still respected that distance. And I took a few pictures. A couple of them were really clear that I was really happy with. And then I'm like, I'm going to leave you alone. And I just carried on my way. So um, I just worried that, you know, not far away was suburbia expanding in towards it so i hope that 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 a lot is preserved because you are right there are some some nice areas around there that's pretty cool seeing an armadillo um they're the only living mammal that wears a shell hey that's a little fact for you um and yeah they they, they so it wasn't bothered by you it wasn't that shy it was, it was just it, kind of yeah it was surprisingly surprisingly brave obviously it wasn't going to let me walk up to it but i you know, uh, as as closeness goes to wild animals, I was, you know, just a, not too far away. It was it was it was a lot of fun. And then, you know, after that, pile back in the car, check in quickly at the the hotel, cool off in the air conditioning, and then it's off to the stadium where uh, we melted for a little bit. And I, I was doing a little bit of FC Dallas googling earlier, and I found the. Um, a website that ranked all of their kits that they've ever had. <laughs> I think it might have been the FC Dallas era rather than the Dallas Burn. And the one at the very bottom, I was excited because I was like, oh, look at that colour scheme. It's a little bit like Shrewsbury Town. But what I saw when I looked at it was it's actually it's the 2006 third kit. 
And it's actually known as a Tigris tribute, um, a tribute to the team from the Monterey region of Mexico. And it's so peculiar because, like it says, FC Dallas across the chest. And it's in yellow. But then the badge on this. Yeah, and the badge on the shirt is a Tigris badge. And I, like, if honestly, if anyone who's an FC Dallas fan listens to this podcast, please let me know what the hell was going on there. Because I've never seen a football shirt like it where a football team is wearing another team's badge. It's really peculiar. I mean, is the fan culture what you experienced there? Like, I know you watched a couple of internationals, but is the fan culture particularly Mexican-y, well, for want of a better Well, I mean, word? that's it. I mean, I went when, uh, you know, I went when I couldn't really tell the demographic. U.S. women uh, versus Canadian women, which, you know, has their own, you know, demographic. And then it was Canada against Honduras, which it was mostly Hondurans on that night. So there is obviously... You know the 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 Latin community, Latin American community in the area. So my my thought on that is, I just wonder if it was just an appeal to in the early days, relatively early days of the team, to try to be like let's let's you know reach out to this community and try to get them in for a night so we can uh, you know develop our own identity, but get those fans in through something that's familiar to them. I would I would guess, but yeah, it would be interesting to see, hear you know some of that story. <laughs> And, um, no, I'm going to have to ask you about the baseball because I feel like this is slowly becoming a football and baseball podcast. <laughs> I mean, um, the I just typed in Frisco Rough Riders. Um, I love, you know, single A, double A, triple A ba- baseball. I think it's just great. I love the kind of the community. The more It's more like lower league football in England for me. And um, I, I just love the little stadiums. And But Frisco Rough Riders, their um, badge, logo, whatever you want to call it, is like... Um, a chubby bloke in like kind of cowboy gear hitting a yeah just swinging a bat that is one of the best badges i've seen in baseball in my life did you did you did you get yourself a t-shirt with I, this bloke on it i didn't it was all it was all focused on dollar hot dog night uh that was what my attention was laser focused on as i mentioned uh Charmin and i went we had you know, I, I, whenever I do a Gold Cup, I always sort of check to see if the local baseball team is in town, particularly if there's a minor league one, because as you point out, it's, it's where the soul of the game is. The games are faster. They can have a lot more fun. The people who, you know, there's, there's fewer TV breaks and, you know, this is brought to you by this. But yeah, the, uh, the mascot, um, they're named for the first volunteer cavalry regiment during the Spanish-American War, headed by future president Theodore Roosevelt. So yeah, that's 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 Theodore Roosevelt there swinging the bat. Oh wow, he look, he looks very very out of shape in that. Uh, in that. Well, he, he, so, he was always uh, very out of shape. So, <laughs> and and were you feeling pretty out of shape after this? How many hot dogs did you nail? Well, right off the top, I had four. Um, not sure if I went back for more, but you know, James goes to get a beer and I'm just, I sheepishly look at him and I think he did something sort of along the lines of, you know, go on mate. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have four. And then it's just handful back to the seat and I'm a happy, happy guy. Uh, but yeah, it was, I mean, it wasn't, it was a nice park, nice stadium, um, relatively new. Uh, they were playing the the missions out of San Antonio, the San Antonio missions. And they, they were, they were a part of the Padres organization then. Uh, and what, a bit of a local rivalry really, isn't it? Yeah, it was. I remember there was a Canadian who played on, on the pod, on the missions too. I don't think he got a hit. He was like, Oh, for four and looked pretty bad doing it. Um, 
But uh, what, what stood out for me is that, again, just how fun the little the minor league parks are to try to get people in. There was a lazy river out beyond right field, and people were just sitting on their inner tubes floating around the thing, and it was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's <laughs> like night. going on one of those... Um... Like when you go to a water park and they have those kind of lazy, lazy rivers going around. Is what you mean? So, so oh, what? So it wasn't like a real river. It was actually like an artificial. Yeah, river. it was a fake one that they just stuck out beyond right field. And uh, you know, James, well, we were pleased that it was hot dog night. Dollar beer night was the following night, but we had to, you know, go and be professional and all that garbage. So, um, yeah, I hey, dollar hot dog night. I wasn't going to complain. And then the next night, yeah, like I said, we got to. Got to watch, it was, uh, I believe it was a nil-nil tie. Canada advanced out of it. And, uh, yeah, a, a very young Alfonso Davies played for Canada that night. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, the second time was certainly more memorable than the first because I was just in and out with the women's team. Um, put us up at a nice hotel, though, which uh, I wasn't going to complain about. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's not a bad area. <laughs> That's the, that's the thing with going to work with some of these places, isn't it? I mean, you had one trip where it was in and out, you know, you just had to get the job done and go. Whereas at least you had that opportunity to go and watch some local baseball, go out and see an armadillo. Like, that's, uh, you know, that's definitely the perks of the job. I suppose that was when you are doing your freelance trip, though, where you had a little bit more freedom. Yeah, exactly. And, and what the kind of cool thing was, was that, uh, you know, Canada had an extra day uh, after advancing, we still didn't know where they were going. So, you know, the lucky souls who have an expense account, who have someone else paying for their flight, they could go home and, and sort of wait until, you know, the extra day or two needed. I just stayed in Dallas. I had a free night at a, you know, at a hotel. So I literally just got an airport hotel for a night. Um, I went into Dallas, I took the train in and I did the, uh, uh, the museum at, uh, Daly Plaza where, uh, where JFK was shot, I think it's, what is it, the Seventh Floor Museum or whatever it was called. Um, and uh, it, uh, it was, it's a neat, I mean, Dallas is one of those cities where it just feels like everybody lives outside and commutes in for work and leaves because it's pretty empty. But that museum, uh, it's a pretty cool experience to, to check out where, uh, you know, where Kennedy was shot because on the road, there are the two X's where he got shot. I stood where the famous Zapruder film uh, was, was shot. Um, and then at the museum itself, you, they sort of recreated the, the sort of sniper's nest where Lee Harvey Oswald took his shots with the boxes of books around them. And, uh, and then the floor above, you can just look out the window and get kind of that vantage point. To, so it's, uh, it's a well-done museum. I mean, Dallas didn't you know it didn't appeal to me that didn't just seem to be too alive but it again it was also about a billion degrees so people people were probably staying at home but uh yeah there was good museum uh and then from there uh, i stayed the extra little bit and and then continued on to uh glendale arizona after that so uh yeah it was, it was a good taste of it um but uh, yeah, it's just wouldn't mind going back again to to see how Frisco develops because of course at the at the stadium now, which what's it called, Toyota Park? Yeah, Toyota Stadium. Yeah, to- I think uh, they they now have the the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame is that now there, which was under construction both times where I was there. So that's certainly worth a, another trip too to see how how that area is developing there. Yeah, to see that massive, uh, massive tribute to uh, Joe Max Moore, or uh, you know, one of those classics from the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. 
So, so, uh, so, so you'd like to go back, but would you recommend it as a trip? As part of something else, I wouldn't just say just going to go to to Dallas because, like I said, if you're spending so much time driving, um, where there's so much time in between things. So if you're if you're doing a whirlwind through Texas and you're able to hit up Houston and Austin and some other places, make a road trip out of it. That's probably better. But um, you know, I just sort of felt like spent so much of my time was was traveling, which. Uh, Eh, you know, I, you you know how me how much I love the the cities that are walkable that you can get out of the car and either take transit or or walk into you know a city like Houston they're expanding their LRT line and you know it's easier to get around there but um, yeah Dallas was well, it was tougher um, so I wouldn't just say hey I'm going to Dallas because eh, you know the 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 Texas Rangers are out there too. Um, in their second brand new stadium in a short period of time, but it's in Arlington, so it's even you know it's even in another part of the endless suburbia. So uh, yeah, it's sort of a long way of saying it's it's fine. I mean, it's it, there's there's stuff to draw you in, but uh, it's so spread out that nah, it's okay. That was like the nicest Canadian way to say it's not very good. Don't go there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to say it's not very good because, you know, I sort of know people there now and um, you know, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. Should, should we move on yeah, to, to yeah. yours, the, the horsey set, the horse part of this one? Yeah, horsey time. Yeah, Calgary. Our first time. Hey, what would you like? For, for podcast based in Canada, it's our first time in talking about a place in Canada. So Calgary... It's all yours. Dan, <laughs> was this your first time? Well, yeah, it was. Um, and, um, no, it's, I think it might be the first time. I'm not too sure on this podcast. I've talked to a place I actually went to go for work rather than for pleasure. Um, I went for there for the score for the uh, Canadian Premier League finals. Um, it was a great opportunity. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, met some really interesting people in, in, involved in both uh, Calvary FC, who are the team from Calgary, and Forge FC, who are from Hamilton, Ontario. Um, it, no, I had a really good time. Um, no, work-wise, it was good fun. Um, as for the, uh, you know, where we stayed and stuff like that, we stayed at a place called the uh, the Carriage House Inn. Um, I you know I had a nice. Sounds nice, but I had a nice view of a uh, an A and W from my window. Hey, that's a good look. Um, so it, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I actually quite liked though. I got there in the evening the first night, which was great because you know you you got no. You haven't collected any quotes or anything. You've got no work to do. Mm-hmm. So I just like, all right, well, I don't know where I'm going. I'll just go to like the, the hotel bar. And it was called Peanuts. And it was honestly, like, it sounds like a coronavirus nightmare now. But, like, you could just eat as many peanuts as you wanted <laughs> while you're drinking beer. Could so you throw the shells on the floor, too? Sadly not. Sadly not. <laughs> I mean, that, that's always an absolute joy, isn't it? But it, it was more these um, you know, kind of fancy nuts where they had, like, you know, kind of like beer nuts but different varieties right. and stuff. It's sadly what didn't have that kind of a, you know, Portuguese bar chic where you can uh, throw the shells on the floor <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, now, yeah. So now Spruce Meadows, it's uh, it's designed for the horses. It's it's not my my you know question about where they are. It's a bit out of downtown, so you can't really have that that true experience. What was what was Spruce Meadows like? First of all, for soccer, and second, you know, just kind of getting out there. Um, so for football, it was like um, so. Um, Tommy Wielden Jr., who's a manager of Cavalry, um, he compared it to Craven Cottage, and um, I can see it. It does have those kind of like 
oldy worldy kind of ornate things about it and um I have to say, you know, the football experience I was really impressed by. Um, I think their their average attendance wasn't overly impressive over the course of the 2019 season. I think it's around 3,000. Um, That's all right. But obviously, with it being the yeah, it's, it's okay. And and with it being the second leg of the um, of the final, obviously it was a sellout, which I don't know what it was like five or six thousand, something like that. But you know, in in the south stand, they've got a really really good group of fans called the uh, the foot soldiers who were. They were really, really good fun, very welcoming, up for a laugh. Um, you know, lots of beers and then, you know, it's kind of like, um, it's not the best built stand. So if you're walking underneath the stand and you're there at the wrong time, you might get a little bit of beer dribbling <laughs> through the cracks and getting you. Um, but they're all, you know, drink, swigging beer, chanting, you know, going arm in arm and swaying a little bit. It's all, you know, a good bunch of fans and they stayed loud the whole game, even though it wasn't really the most, you know, enthralling game, to be honest. If I, uh, if I could interject I with a quick Tommy Wielden story. Uh, okay. For the 2015 CONCACAF Under-17 Championship, it was in San Pedro Sula, Honduras. I was, I was working for Canada Soccer then, uh, and Tommy was on staff uh, under Sean Fleming, who is an assistant coach with uh, FC Edmonton now. And, uh, you know... Great guy, you know, thought the world of Tommy. Always glad to see him. Haven't seen him in a while. Um, seems he's doing well. I think he's quite the, the well, in, under normal circumstances, the, he, he takes his trips to the haberdasher quite seriously to, to suit up quite well on the sidelines. Anyway, um, the, with, with these trips, you know, there's, there's obviously team laundry and stuff. And uh, there was one morning, I, I'm looking around, and I had a, a very comfortable pair of... Uh, Let's just say uh, under drawers. And um, very nice. They were jacks. I don't know if you've had them. They're comfortable. And, uh, yeah. you know, I had labeled them. I'm 99% sure I'd labeled them. But they were gone. And I go, huh. And uh, at one point, I think I also look around and I, I see some that say TW on them or whatever. And they were pretty similar to mine. And I think at the team meal, I was like, uh, Tommy, thank you, uh... I think he stole uh, something of mine, and uh, sure enough, he had. So um, I don't think he meant to do it deliberately, but and I haven't cleared that story with him. But you're the first to hear. <laughs> well, well I, I think we could clear it because weirdly enough, I got on well with Tommy. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a real personable and, and passionate guy. Oh, yeah. you, know, it's, you can't. It's, it's impossible to not like no, him. Sure. And I also talked talk to his dad on the phone. Um, you know, talk, Tommy Senior. Who I actually message quite a lot now, you know, just uh, just chatting football and stuff like that. He's a big Everton fan, um, but you know, it's actually like you know, it's the area around it, you know, um, Spruce Meadows. It's kind of got this, um, you know, kind of oldie wieldy feel to it, it's similar to the stadium where, you know, it kind of looks like it could almost be a set for medieval times or something like that. And it's you know, in that kind of sense, you know, Tommy's kind of got himself the perfect club because he kind of looks like he could be an actor from medieval <laughs> times. So, so it's just perfect in that, in that manner. Definitely. Um, I think, um, you know, Spruce Meadows itself is just huge. Um, it's over 400 acres. It's like, so that makes it about over four times the size of the, of Vatican city. Um, so it, it's, it's sprawling. Um, I remember going there on a Friday when the players were training. They were just like, you know, still, you know, around the, even around like by the stands. There were big, big hills of cut grass. You could smell horse manure around the place. Like it just seemed like a working farm, really. Uh, they just happened to have a football pitch there. Um, it was, 
it's, it's interesting because I actually talked to the uh, to the owner of the facility of the whole Spruce Meadows, and I have to say she she wasn't really a, a football fan in the slightest, um, and she actually looked almost surprised when I complimented the club and said, you know, what a great job they're doing because they really are doing a great job out there. <laughs> um, but she just said, you know, this. You know, Cavalry FC fits into the mould of what they're trying to achieve at Spruce Meadows, and that's try and get you know make Canadians into international standard you know athletes or sports people. And um, you know, I'm kind of a I, I I wouldn't say I watch a lot of Canadian Premier League, but I'm definitely 100% behind it because they've already been producing internationals for the team for the national team. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing these young kids where you know this is you know, they used to have Calgary Foothills playing out of there. Um, and they were like fourth tier in the North American system, and you know that's that's all well and good. But by the time these kids get to twenty three, they're not eligible anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't play anymore, or maybe beyond twenty three. So to give these kids an extra boost, to give these kids a chance to play when they're twenty four, twenty five into their mid thirties, is an incredible opportunity. And some kids develop late. And I, I think you know for the benefit for the national team that Canadian Premier League gives is. Absolutely huge. No, for I sure. think it's amazing. Well, then you see a guy like Nick Ledgerwood, who's who's come back, had a good career, uh, largely in Germany, comes back. Uh, first, he was I think he was doing some coaching with Foothills, and now he's he's playing with uh, with Cavalry. And, and you know, I've gotten to know Nick a little bit over the years, and is just one of the the nicest guys out there. And so, um, yeah, I mean, obviously to keep them playing because so often once guys pass that under twenty level without a league, without any place to go that's where stagnation happens and there's so much development after the under 20 level when they're in academies that uh, they needed something and just having that place to to develop the talent and to expand the talent base is just just what they needed so um, it's been nice to see no it's, it's been uh, I think it's been a, a rip-roaring success I think um, making the games more and more accessible on the on you know CBC and stuff like that is definitely something they need to push more and more because I think um, expecting casual fans to kind of subscribe to you know the the subscription channel and all that kind of stuff is maybe asking a bit much but like if they can carry on just like getting the odd game here and there on CBC I, I really think this thing can grow yeah oh yes that's how you that's how you broaden it but um, I mean Calgary itself uh, you mentioned the the couple thousand fans and uh, you know, Calgary is known as it's the Stampede City. They're the Flames. They're the the Stampeders. Um, I don't know how much time you got to spend there, but I've been there, you know, a number of times. I actually called the uh, uh, the broadcast, the stream of the 2018 Long Track Speed Skating Olympic Trials from Calgary, which was a lot of fun because it was speed skating sport is is a sport I've always you know really loved to watch, and so that was that was a thrill. But but Calgary is as someone who loves getting outside. You know, it's a great place for that. You're not far away from, you know, from Banff. Uh, you go to Canmore, which is a postcard of a town. And uh, you can go cross-country skiing at the, the Olympic venue from the 88 Olympics, which is great trails for, when I went, it was 10 bucks. <laughs> you know, if you have your own skis, it's 10 bucks to go. And, uh, you know, how much time in Calgary did you actually get apart from that? Um, well... Yeah, I mean, the, the even from the hotel, I felt the hotel was on the end, well, was outside the centre of town, and that then to go to Spruce Meadows was like over thirty bucks in an Uber, just one way. So it was quite a way out, 
Um, you know, yeah, the scenery I would love to have seen some more of. Um, I talked to a lot of taxi drivers out there and a lot of people, you know, like, you know, Tommy Wield and stuff about how he loves Calgary and they all talk about the outdoors. And, you know, I, I say I did a few of A&W from my window, but also if I peered around the corner a little bit, you can see in the distance, you know, snow-capped mountains. And um, this for me, that's breathtaking. I mean, I, you know, I, I grew up in you know, Shrewsbury where you could see, you know, the Welsh... Welsh hills and Welsh mountains in the distance, but to see the snow snow tops on them and stuff like that, it's just breathtaking, really. Um, and you know, obviously, we don't really have that in Ontario. It's you know really really flat around here, um, so that was beautiful. But you know, I just kind of got snippets of the city when I was there. So you know, I jumped on the uh, public transit, which was really really easy. You know, really really quiet. Um, and obviously, you know, when I'm doing a little bit of work in the evenings after you know interviewing and all that kind of stuff I want to go to a, a brewery um, so I went on a it was actually my first trip away from after having a baby so I was like okay well I'm working but I'm also going to make sure I go out and see things because I haven't been out for ages I've been having two and a half hours sleep every night so I, so I made sure I had a good time um, so I did a couple I, I went to Annex Ale Project which I'd absolutely recommend if people were in Calgary um, it's not really in the centre of town um, but it's just beautiful. I actually know another hot dog here. I had a hot dog with kimchi on it there, and it was just beautiful, really, really nice. And and I had tried a few of their beers, but you no, know, the beer of the trip was from there. It was a, it was just their straight up pale ale. Um, had citra and mosaic hops in it. It was just a, a beautiful pour. Um, and then, uh, this the second night I went into the centre of town. Um, and yeah, a bit quiet. Um, it would have been a Saturday night. Um, the streets were really quiet. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Buffalo in that <laughs> sense. Um, I was like, Calgarians will hate me for saying that. Um, but you no, know, for a Saturday night, it was pretty quiet on the streets. But the brewery I went to in the centre, uh, which was called Last Best, was um, you know pretty pretty lively in there. It was good fun. There were some cavalry fans who'd obviously been to the game earlier. Um, it was a bit hard to get some work done in that one. I'd say you know after you know having a meal, having a few beers, but it's just loud. Did you um, did you get to it's... did you get to national? No, it was national. It's it's your you know it's just pretty good. Just a craft bar with I think just mostly picnic tables. Big, obviously in these times, it's not a gathering kind of place. Down below is a bowling alley. It's good fun. That sounds brilliant. I mean, like it sounds like. You, you, you've been here a lot more times than I have. I mean, like, I, re, I could definitely talk about the football aspects and, like, know that it was certainly very enjoyable, the football aspects. But, you know, when we're talking about hanging out in Calgary and stuff like that, I mean, I feel like I've only scratched the surface where you might have, uh, you know, done a little bit more than me. I mean, what have you enjoyed when you've been in Calgary? Uh, well, that's it. I mean, there, over the years, I've, I, I've been there a number of times. And, I mean, when I say I called the 2018 uh, long track speed skating trials. That wasn't my first experience with it. In 2010, I was I was stringing for for CP at the Olympics. Long track speed skating was my event. So I also covered the trials for the 2010 games, um, the 2014 2014 yeah 2014 was Sochi. Uh, so I covered those trials a bit too while I was essentially on Christmas break from Canada soccer. Um, and then you know I've been there for I have a brother-in-law there. Um, and so, yeah, it's just I've been there a number of times, and it's, uh, it's a city where I think, yeah, there can be some quiet nights like you've noticed, but there is still a lot going on. People love to, to get outside, um, and uh, there's, there's, it's, it's called the Repsol Center now, which is just a massive 
uh, a workout complex where there's basketball courts where I've you know, essentially played badminton for about four hours straight there. Uh, there's a big di- pool, dive tank, workout facility. And it's, you know, I've never seen a place like it where, uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be motivated to go there and, and exercise because there's a variety of sports there. So it's a city where there's a lot going on. Obviously, it's on hard times right now with um, economic downturns, issues with the oil patch. Um, you know, I think the previous government did try to diversify a little bit, but it, it didn't, it's didn't take quickly, but, um, it's, it's, it's an enjoyable city with a lot of friendly people. And, you know, I compare it to Toronto when I'm walking around, I'm still the kind of guy who smiles and at people who walk by me and, uh, I get a lot of strange looks in return in Calgary. People smile back and say hello. So, um, yeah, it's an enjoyable place and, and I'm glad you, uh, you got the taste of it. I hope, hopefully, yeah, you can get back out there again. No, I, I think, um, you know, it, it's it's a little bit spread out, I'd probably say, from my experience, but it might have been where I stay in. But, like, I think I did enjoy talking to the people. They were really friendly, you know, had all the time in the world. And I, I think it says, you know, if we go back to the Wielden family, I think it says a lot where, you know, this family came over from Liverpool um, and they've never left. You know, they they just absolutely love it there. They've made a home for themselves. They made a family over there. I mean, uh, t- t- Tommy Senior's back in uh, back in the UK now, but I know he's you know, very very connected with what's going on with Calgary. Obviously, because his his t- you no know, two two lads are over there. Is you know is one of his sons the manager. The other one's playing. So, um, it's uh, I think it's a very I could I could imagine getting very very comfortable there for quite a while. Um, you know, I, I I won't say I'd go and live there. It'd probably get, be a little bit chilly, but you know, um, I think you know when you say about you know the sport that's there. Um, um, the only thing is, I just don't like horses and I don't like country music. <laughs> and, well, that's and, it. I'm and, not a country and, music and, fan and, either, so yeah, I'm right with you there. I managed to avoid country music the whole time I was there, which was just like I was determined. I was determined to not have to be subjected to it the whole time, and I managed it. And uh, I saw a few horses, but luckily I kept them at a, a safe distance. Okay, well that it's not difficult to keep a safe distance, and uh, you know they they are not as scary as you think. So don't let horses be the reason why you would never. Uh, uh, consider an extended stay in Calgary. The country music I'm right with. No, Gav, I don't know if I, could, I should share this on the podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway, and then we could decide where to edit it out after. Okay. Um, so I, I, I used to ride horses a bit. I actually had a horse named after me by uh, a childminders, but like, um, I, I'm not a horse. I've never been a horsey guy. I never found them that interesting, but I'm not scared of them. But I, I accidentally killed one once. What? Uh, I uh, so my dad bought a new house and um, I was in a band at the time and we practiced in the basement just like just you know just jamming I think we're called cardboard frogs or something terrible like that and we were just practicing it was like this really old house it was like an absolute shell that needs to be done up and we were just messing around we were just um, having a few beers just exploring we found like an old Victorian doll like inside a wall which was really scary we were just scaring each other with it for a bit and we also found this massive box of fireworks. Um, so we went in the back garden and we just, uh, you know, we were just swigging on beers and stuff and set, set, set off the fireworks. And it was absolutely, it's a beautiful display. There must have been some expensive fireworks. And then, you know, we kind of went home and just like, yeah, okay, that was it. And then the next morning, my dad wakes up and says, you got to come with me. I was like, oh, God, what's, that, what, what's happened now? And... Um, 
he drives me to the house that he's booked. We're just staying in a rental, you know, while it was unlivable, and um, and he and he goes, oh, it's gone now. And he's just explained to me that when he was there earlier, the farmer came over to him and said, uh, do you know what your son's done? And he goes, no. And apparently, it was the farmer gestured over his shoulder, and there was a horse on its back with its legs in the air, like a like you know, like a cartoon dead <laughs> dead thing. And apparently, and, and apparently, it caused like. A horse to like you know bolt because it was scared by the fireworks even though they weren't anywhere near its field and it ran into another horse and in doing so killed itself and injured the other horse oh, no. so so that extreme you know i was gutted um me, me, me and my friends offered to pay for it for a funeral for it um we were we were really upset by it yeah. but also that horrific luck that i was dealt from the horse i just think you know to be honest horses can just You'll stay away I'm from them interested. forever yeah yeah i just i feel like I'm, I'm like a curse for horses if i go close to them i'll just kill them all oh no oh that's horrible <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i feel like i know you so much more now i know i feel, I feel like you know you, you get well you it's like you're my psychiatrist you're just talking to me about my horse issues you've just uh you just managed to get an old story out of me maybe you come into the uh the source of my problems. All of your problems. All of them down to that one moment. <laughs> should we leave it there? <laughs> yeah, I think we should probably leave it there. Okay, well, on that note, that's... Uh, I, I'm not going to keep counting up every time. That's another episode of our show. Dan, that was another fun one. You've had some good laughs. Yeah, that was, that was another enjoyable one. I feel a little bit... Um, nervous about what the reception will be about people finding out me accidentally killing a horse but we're about to find out aren't we yeah um i'll just keep away from you for a while while the uh, the horsey set tries to get their revenge on you <laughs> all right thanks again dan we'll do this again let's see where we go next shall we yeah i'm excited i'll speak to you soon